listening to the Just Go Bike Podcast. I'm your host, TJ Jeskowitz from Ragbri. And I'm Mark Wyatt from the Iowa Bicycle Coalition. This is the podcast where we talk about bikes just for the fun of it. We're going to talk about all kinds of different things. You know, things from the Ragbri Nation, things about, you know, just fun side of cycling. Uh, if it's fat bikes, if it's different events throughout the Midwest, those are the things we're going to be talking about. So come for the bikes, stay for the fun, leave with a smile. That's our motto here. This is episode number 19, our last episode as a teenager. <laughs> well, Mark, I know we were involved in a real fun event this past weekend, an event called Pigtails, inaugural event. Uh, what you think of Pigtails? You know, I think uh, I think that ride was a, a home run as far as events are concerned. Uh, Seven hundred women. We had six hundred and fifty pick up their packets. I don't know how many how many were on the trail, but the I think the fun quotient was was pretty darn high. But you know, there was just this feeling that I got, and and you and I were were two of the few uh, men at that event, and and it was just. So much camaraderie, so different than any other bike event that I've been to. Did you pick that up too? Yeah. You know, it was fun to just be involved. I mean, the guys were on the sidelines and and really helping, assisting. I think we were sagging. We were doing packet pickup. We were doing all those behind-the-scene things to make sure that the people that came on this bike ride had a great time. And I think there was just that vibe there that, um, you know— it, to describe the event, first of all, it was 40 some odd degrees out. It was rainy. Forecast was doom and gloom. And we had 650 happy women show up to come ride their bikes. Well, maybe maybe there was like 648. I'm sure everyone wasn't happy about it. But I just saw smiles, laughter, hugs, encouragement, um, accomplishment. Uh, heard just different comments like, Hey, that was the farthest I've ever ridden my bike. And it felt great. And I think that's kind of what we were looking for when we started planning this event to say, Hey, let's have, let's have a fun event to get more people riding on their bicycles and to hit a, a need, I think in the state of Iowa of just getting more, more women out there riding. Yeah. You know, I think we got to give a big shout out to, uh, Andrea Parrott of Parrot Talk. And, Absolutely. And Kathy Murphy of the Iowa Bicycle Coalition, uh, my wife, Jennifer Wyatt, um, those three ambassadors of fun really, I think, kept this thing on the tracks. Um, I think it would have been really easy to get stereotypical or cheesy or just not not the not the ride that it could be. And, and I think the advice that they gave us throughout this whole process was really important to uh, to making this event successful. Sure. And speaking of cheesy, you can't go too cheesy without mentioning Brooks Reynolds and um, his contributions. I mean, Brooks has done, obviously, the Bacon Fest for forever, and he always adds that element of fun, even though he's he's not uh, a bicycle ride organizer by trade, just bringing that element of, of fun, excitement, food, um, you know, just that entertainment value into the event. Um, I, I just think he does a, a, a great job of trying 
to bring all that together and introducing the riders to some just different flavors and all that. So, um, you know, Brooks made a great contribution out there all week as well. So I think that the trio of of the Blue Ribbon Bacon Fest, the Iowa Bike Coalition and Ragbri teamed up successfully this will be the fourth bacon bacon ride uh coming up but to to really just jump out there with with pigtails and like you said hit it out of the park i mean i just i didn't hear one negative comment out there and that i think that's a testament to um just this event has got a little place in the iowa bike calendar is all i'm thinking yeah yeah i think it's and it was interesting i've been running the numbers all day how this event was a higher travel event than any other one that we've done. Hmm. People are coming from further. They're spending more money on gas and hotels to come to this event. I think it was really important, you know, because we saw a big numbers from uh, Minneapolis and from Sioux Falls, South sure. Dakota, and from Omaha and Lincoln. And uh, that's really interesting when we're starting to draw, I call it importing taxpayers, but we're, <laughs> we're bringing in tourism dollars and I think there was such a, a kind of need for, you know, this kind of judgment-free, intimidation-free event that that this was the this was the right time and place to do it. Yeah, and, and it was a just a cool. I don't know how to describe it. The aura around um, the event when you look over a place like the Flat Tire Lounge, it was typically got a lot of dudes in there mm-hmm. and I'm sitting there with Tommy, one of the owners and, and Jay Kennedy, who does a lot of the promotion marketing. And I believe one of the owners as well. And we're both remarking, just saying like, have you ever seen this many women in, in your place, you know, having just a great time. And it was, Oh, I don't know, 98% women in yeah. there dancing and laughing and, you know, both our wives rode, which was, which was really cool. I, I don't think um, they had so much fun and, in a long time, probably because we weren't with them, <laughs> you know. Uh, <laughs> so I, I just think that was just just a cool vibe of just seeing all those people out there. And uh, I, I heard so many great comments about Damon Dotson playing in the, the Flat Tire Lounge. I think they wish that afternoon could go on forever, but they mm-hmm. had to get back on their bikes and ride back to Ankeny. But um, boy, what just just all out fun. And you wouldn't think the way that the, the weather turned, uh, during the week that they were going to have that much fun on this event. And, um, that's kind of what we're after. I mean, how many of those people would have been out there on a typical Saturday because the trail was ours and you know, no one else is out there. And here are, here comes 650 women down the trail that are just laughing, giggling, having a great time, encouraging one another. Good stuff. So, Hey, let's do it again. And, and you're right. Just uh, lots of people involved. So thanks to all that were involved. Thanks for those that came all, from all over. I mean, from Minneapolis to talk to the big gear girls. I mean, just what a what a fun group out of, you know, our state to the north there in Minnesota. And just they brought a whole, I don't know, 20, 20 women down to ride just you know, again, just having a good time. So that's what, hey, that's what we talk about on this podcast, riding for the fun of it. And I think this event just epitomized what we're talking about each and every week. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it's not perfect. There's some things we're going to fix, but uh, I, minus the weather, we don't have much control on that, but boy, imagine if it was sunny and 70. Hmm. Yeah, it just would have been outstanding. And that's what we're going to have for the Bacon ride, right? Right. 
70, sunny, and we're just about a month away from, from Baycoon. And Baycoon number four, which is Father's Day weekend, which is on the trail system over in Waukee, which is the Raccoon River Valley Trail. And that one's 72 miles. So a lot of these are getting people ready for other large events that might happen in our state or out outside. But when you're up to, when you're doing a ride like this week, 50 miles, and you're doing um, a coon ride, 72 plus miles, those are going to get some miles on your legs and, and on your butt as well, getting that butt and, and legs ready for longer rides. Yeah. So if you're not familiar, if you're listening and uh, bacon is a, a made up word. That's a, that's a mashup that we made. It combines bacon and raccoon. Um, I've heard about 20 different ways to pronounce that word, but, uh, <laughs> anything, anything's okay because it's all on the raccoon river Valley trail. It's a loop trail. So 71 miles, it's not an out and back. You're just going to get in with the throngs of people. About 3000 people show up and there's, I think nine or 10 specialty bacon foods along the way. So, uh, think food festival of the bacon fest meets rag on a trail. It's just Yum. an awesome event. And it is the world's largest bacon bike ride, in case <laughs> you were wondering. It definitely is. Yeah. And the mashup does not mean that we are having raccoon bacon, just in case you're wondering. <laughs> uh, we're, we're having nothing but the best. Uh, I know we saw our, our good buddy Nick Jones out there from Berkwood, Berkwood Farms. I mean, that's one of the bacon companies, Des Moines Bacon Companies, another Hormel is going to be out there this year. So... Lots of fun, but when you're pedaling 72 miles, you can you can put some of that that goodness into your system, and because uh, you're going to pedal it right out, aren't you? Right. I I think Nick is serving bacon wrapped bacon this year. <laughs> that sounds good. Sign me up for that. So, and we get to ride that one. It's not um, it's not one we're on the sidelines for. So we we get everyone going, and then me and you, and I think Scott Garner will ride with us again. Andrew Parrots out there, Kathy Kathy Murphy, uh, all the people on the staffs of the Bike Coalition. I think Troy Carter's been been riding as well. So we get to go out there and talk to people and and experience some of that fun as well, which. I don't get to do on rag rides, so I really enjoy Bacon Ride. It's one of my favorite rides of the year, and looking looking forward to that this year. Cool, cool. All right. Well, I know we got a got a neat and interesting show. I think Brian Powers talked to Sam from Taco Apocalypse um, again, talking about you know the food and the fun. Uh, I think Sam's been delivering that, so real interested to hear Sam's story. So uh, looking forward to that. Fantastic. All right. Sam's got. Uh Sam's got a good history on the bike, and I think it's going to be interesting to hear his story on the on the podcast later. Well, let's jump right into it. Okay, here we go. Episode 19. Hey, Just Go Bike listeners. This is Brian Powers. I am here with Sam Owen, local musician, chef, lifelong cyclist. Uh, he started uh, his restaurant, Taco Apocalypse, hauling all of his ingredients and cooking equipment 50 miles by bike to a bar south of Des Moines in Cumming, Iowa. He also runs the local ramen house known as Crunkrich and the local hot dog speakeasy known as Los Banditos. He recently started playing shows again in the band's office and Drain Snake, again, carting all of his gears to the shows by bike. Sam, welcome to Just Go Bike. Thanks for joining me. Yeah, Brian. Thanks for having me on. 
reading through your blogs, uh, I, the first thing that jumped out at me uh, was your quote that, and I think this was actually in the storytellers thing, was I like to have fun at not having fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's, I should have that on my headstone. Can you explain that a little bit? So kind of the story behind that is that, A, I've always kind of been a kitchen guy. I've always been a restaurant guy. If I look back at all of my professions that I've had in life, they're they're really masochistic. <laughs> you know, a kitchen work, restaurant work in general is really masochistic. Um, I was in the military. You have to, you know, detach yourself from your own body's self-worth to be able to get through that, you know. Um, and, but I had a good time. Like, it was not the most fun thing in the world. And, I mean, I, I enjoyed it. Um, I love working in kitchens. I love being in high-pressure stuff. I love being um, in situations where you literally may die. Like, I'm okay. I'm not a thrill junkie. I'm not an adrenaline guy. I'm not out there base jumping and jump out of airplanes and stuff. And, um, but I like, I guess I like a slow controlled burn on my lack of fun. So that's one of the reasons I get out. I, I really took to riding gravel. That's what I was just going to add. I mean, that seems to, that sort of adventure by gravel, adventure by bike yeah. seems to fit into that where you, you can be out 200 miles and you don't know what's coming around the next corner and you yep. blow out a tire and it's like, well, now what? <laughs> yeah. What do you do now? Yeah. Just that, that, and I do almost everything solo, you know, almost all my rides, especially my big rides. Mm. Um, I try to have someone on hand just in case something happens, but that's not always the case. <laughs> I mean, I did learn to ride my bike on gravel in front of my grandparents' farm, so I can go like I'm super wow. old school. That's kind of like the equivalent of like I liked Green Day before they released Dookie. Like, you know, <laughs> it's the equivalent of that. It's just lame. Don't even say it. But now it's out there. Um, I enjoy that solitude. I enjoy being out there in nature. You know, I, I really don't like bike stereos, party stuff. Like, I still do bagger stuff and ride with my friends, and I enjoy it. But when I go to, you know, it's, this is a, it's a chance for me to reset. It's a chance for me to get new ideas flowing. You know, once you get out there in the first 30 or 40 miles and, you know, you're warmed up and you've been climbing hills and um, it erases a lot of that extraneous noise, like all that white noise in your head that's like, you got this going on next week. You got this going on. Like this happened. Like, why did you do this in like 1987? That was dumb. You know, like all those things disappear because you've got that physical exertion and that pain. You've got that what's coming around the next corner. So that um, one thing to focus on. Yeah. And you're like, you know, you're like listening to make sure that you hear vehicles behind you. Cause you know, it's dangerous out there. Mm -hmm. It's, it's no joke. Um, dogs running out of the side oh, yard. Dogs. I love dog sprints. You know what's funny about dog sprints is that it'll teach you how tough you really are. Like, you know, I've gotten into a situation where I was at the end of one of my rides, and it was like at about 80, 90 miles in, and I was just kind of coming in for the last 15 miles to come into town. So I get to the, I get close to the top of this hill, and I hear one dog. And I'm like, oh, crap. Like, I don't know. I hope this dog isn't going to try to chase me. I got nothing. I got no gas in the tank at all. Please be chained up. Please yeah. be chained up. I almost wanted to like stop and eat a gel pack and like wait about five, 10 minutes before I tried to crest the hill <laughs> because I'm like, I don't know. I'm not going to be able to get, I'm going to get eaten. You know, and like, oh man, I don't know what is with dogs and like salty, dusty oh, human yeah. biker flesh, but they're after it. 
And so I get to the top of the hill and I see this dog and he's coming right at me. And there's like a whole team of dogs behind him. I dropped so many F-bombs in, a, in the course of like a half a second. Oh, my God. It would sound like a machine gun probably. It was like, no, 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 no. I'm dead. I'm dead. Like, oh, it was such a good ride and such a nice life. I hope that my kids don't miss me. And then I'm like, wait, I dug down. Like, I can do this. Like, I'm watching the angle that they're shooting for. I'm like, all I have to do, they're going so fast. All I have to do is get past the angle they're shooting for. There's no way they're going to catch me. I can get over the hill. So through some geometry and physics and like just pure fear <laughs> oh my God. i got over i got past it and they shot right behind my rear tire and they were trying to regroup and get after me and i'm like go 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 keep it on keep it yeah. on come on big ring big ring stand up let's go let's go let's go and once i got past the farm of course they didn't care what i was doing because they were just doing their oh. job but that hurt that hurt. That was really fun, not having any fun at all. And it ended up being like a crescendo of not fun and almost getting eaten by a pack of wild farm dogs. I'm just going to go have a drink, and then I'll, I'll go home. <laughs> Let me regroup a little bit. Yeah, my, it'll be fine. My blood pressure back down to normal Oh, man. Yeah, I thought I was going to – seriously, I thought this was going to be – like I'm going to have a heart attack, and then this is going to be like a free buffet for these guys. So it brings up an interesting point about the the solitude of cycling in general, like training hard, training by yourself. And I know you mentioned a couple of times that there's this group of social solitary individuals that yep. seem to kind of congr- congregate along these not just gravel, but endurance rides. How do you reconcile that introverted side that enjoys being alone, but then the fact that it's such a tight knit community? How does that work? Well, for me, I guess I'm kind of an outlier, you know, in the cycling community. Like, I love being a part of it. If it wasn't for the cycling community, I wouldn't be in business. You know, that was a lot lot of what started the whole taco thing into what it is. Um, But for me, like, I don't do a lot of group rides. Um, But I think the thing that makes it better for me where I don't feel like I'm left out is because, you know, we have Tuesdays. Mm -hmm. And so I get to see everybody. You know, and I'm busy too. Like I'm busy. Like it's hard for me to get miles in. So I have to, I just like, wow, you do everything by bike again. Like, yeah, but I kind of have to, if I want to get my miles in because I don't have a, you know, I don't have a choice. Like I can't just go out and ride six hours a day. I mean, I could, but other things would suffer. Yeah. Yeah. And they have in the past. So I've learned my lessons. Um, I don't know. It's kind of a hard thing to reconcile. I guess it, it doesn't bother me and it doesn't bother other people that it doesn't bother me. So but, you know, in my experience, personally, doing endurance riding, whether it be road or gravel, is that I am rarely in a position in one of those races or events where I am surrounded by people. So it's kind of just easier for me to keep, you know. Yeah. I guess I'm – I mean, come on. My bands are just one person, you know. When it comes <laughs> down to it, I guess I'm the, maybe the most extroverted introvert ever. I don't know if I could – I don't know if I'm ready to, to go toe-to-toe. Or that any other people like that would even step up because they're too introverted anyway. After like being exposed on Food Network and being recognizable, um, I get recognized like literally everywhere I go in the in the country. Sure. People that watch you know like the most popular show on Food Network, or they saw me fail miserably on grocery games. <laughs> oh, good. Um, you know they. It's nice that people know me. I get to have great conversations with people I would have never met had none of this happened, mm-hmm. but I tell you, like a lot of times I just want to like curl up in a ball because I, it's, it's hard for me. You know, I, I grew up kind of a solitary guy. 
Um, and know, now my, being thrown into, you know, limelight. Like yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it's, I mean, it's great and I love it, but at the same time, it's like kind of freaks me out. So yeah. how, how do you then deal with that? Well, I kind of have my, you know, I, I've gotten used to it now. So I just deal with it by like just having the conversation, you know, Hey, thank you. I appreciate it. You know, and I really do, you know, with all my heart, I absolutely appreciate that somebody, you know, for instance, we went to Milwaukee a couple weeks ago to go see the Brewers and Cubs play and hang out with some friends of mine. We had gotten into town, went directly to our hotel. We had walked directly to the front desk and immediately some guy comes up behind me. Hey, aren't you the Taco Apocalypse guy? And of course, you know, the person I was with was just like, oh, so this is what happens. Like, mm. yeah, but it's great. Like we had a great conversation that, you know, they were from, uh, their family is from Des Moines originally. They had just been in town oh, wow. a couple months before that and went to the restaurants and, you know, Crunkwich and tacos. And um, so it was great. So I got to, you know, meet someone and, and it, it was fun, but it, it is kind of odd to have someone like know who you are without knowing them. I like to start those conversations too. Like, well, you know, what do you do? Because oh, that's some, a good way you know, to turn it around. Because, you know, a lot of those people do work in restaurants. You know, food people do watch food stuff. I don't know what the percentage is, but I mean, you know, it's always great. Or they're like, oh man, well, you know, I, I read your blog. I know that you like this stuff. You should go here while you're in my city. Oh, that's cool. So it is, it's actually kind of like having an in with the city too. So, but I think my, my favorite moment was in my old food blog, I used to just constantly talk trash and I got involved in a conversation, we'll say with some in the comments with some guy from Texas who thought that because I was from Iowa, I didn't know anything about tacos. Oh no. And I'm like, you know, it's not about like where you're from geographically that necessarily makes you good at or your knowledge of something especially now and i was like well what do you do he's like oh i work in insurance i was like what do you do I'm like oh well i make tacos <laughs> so fast forward to you know what was it like january 16th 2015 or whatever it was it's like the day after that we had aired on food network and uh, i was flying back i was at just could drop this out there i was at guy fury's birthday party I was actually at his birthday party when they aired my really thing the first time. Yeah, we had we happened to hit it off at the restaurant. He was impressed with my ability to quote Spice Girls <laughs> on demand. Um, I would say thanks to the '90s and having daughters for that, um, and thanks to Spice Girls for having such catchy tunes. So, so it was like the day after, and I was in the Dallas Fort Worth airport right when they open up, and it's like the. Even the McDonald's was just pulling the the screens up, you know. And this guy comes back. He's like, hey, man, you're that. And he's exactly, well, I'm not making up this accent. This is what he said. Hey, man, you're that Taco Apocalypse guy from Des Moines, ain't you? And I was, he was like a, a runway worker or whatever. Uh -huh. You know, he's in his jumpsuit and everything. I was like, uh, first, this is the first time it's ever happened to me, by the way. Oh so, like, literally the next day. And he was like. Yo, man, and I was like, uh, yeah, why? It's like, what I can't, do? I can't, yeah, what did I do? <laughs> like, oh, man, somebody from the airport's telling me, do they know my name? That's not good. Um, help. Uh, <laughs> so he's like, I can't wait to get to Des Moines and try your tacos. And then I'm thinking, like, immediately, I'm like, I remember that 
troll argument I had with some guy from Texas like six years prior about tacos. And it's like, wow, somebody in Dallas can't wait to get to Iowa to have our tacos. Like, that's pretty cool. Yes. <laughs> yeah, finally I've arrived. And now get me out of here. I want to go back home. So you've recently transitioned to going vegan again. Mm-hmm. This is your second time? Yes. Right? Talk to me about like the the beginnings of that and how that kind of came about and why you're doing it again. So there's a couple out of you out there that uh, probably have read the fried chicken blog. Um, I basically spent the last couple of years um, doing a lot of traveling, eating like a a-hole, and basically pretending like there are no repercussions. You know, and there are, you know, I have... I passed 40 just a couple of years ago, and it's true what they say. Every time you get a decade older, it does your body does new things that you don't want it to do. Um, so I had gotten to a point where I was kind of ignoring some health issues that were coming up, and was having a lot of problems. And towards the end of my meat eating career, um, this time I was just miserable after every meal. And so I had gotten to a point that I had taken the batteries out of my scale at home. Wow. And that lasted for about a year because I just didn't want to know. You know, it was a very classic denial. Um, I was having fun by not having fun, but my body was the one not having fun. I was having a great time. But towards the end, I knew what was going on, and I started getting kind of freaked out. I scheduled um, cancer screening. Because oh, wow. I'm like, why do I have these internal pains? Like, I shouldn't, like, I'm in good shape. Like, I'm still like, you know, in 2009, 2010, 2011, I was, you know, I was actually really strong on the bike. Um, I was in probably my peak cycling condition. And then my brain is doing this denial thing where I'm like, yeah, you're fine. You're fine. And then I'm like huffing and puffing all the time. And I think what what it came down to was the realization that these problems were caused by me. It wasn't because I turned 43 and my body was like instantly like, we're out of here, dude. It wasn't that at all. It was me being like, yeah, whatever body. And so as I was sitting there, um, at serum this year, sitting in the back of my car, trying to put my cycling shoes on and I was out of breath doing it. I realized that at that point that a, my goal that, that year, because I've never finished serum during serum. I've ridden I've ridden the course plenty of times. Serum, it, the 100K gravel race. Yeah. So my goal was to finish. And I did make it to the checkpoint about 20 miles from the finish. But the whole time I was just hurting and I couldn't do it. And I felt like a real a-hole. And I, I bought, so I made it this checkpoint. I shotgunned a beer. And I talked the lovely ladies that were manning the checkpoint into letting me put my bike in their car so I didn't have to ride basically the rest of the race or three miles less than the rest of the race to get back to the coming tap. And I walked in, everybody's like, yeah, you did it. Because I could have conceivably finished in that amount of time in their minds. Mm-hmm. Um, although I had like another two hours to go because I, I was not prepared to go even 20 more miles. It was sad. And so somehow over... The course of 2015, or sorry, 2016 into, you know, February of this year, I had really done some damage. And I decided that it was time. It's time to make some changes. Um, I had been kind of gearing up for it because, you know, I... You saw it coming. 
Yeah, I, I, my doctor when a couple of years ago when I had a checkup and like my numbers were fine, but like one of the numbers is starting to get close to being something to be concerned about. Like it might be in the red. She's like, um, I'm sorry. What do you what do you do for a living again? It's like, uh, food. It's like so, and you you ate plant based for how long? Like, oh, for a long time. So you know how to fix this, right? Yeah. Like, okay, well then use your toolbox and fix your problem. Like, I don't want, you should not be a medication for anything. Wow. You personally at this age, because you're actually healthy. Like, quit being such a chub, you know, and I didn't heed her warning. So sorry, doc. Um, in fact, I actually put my checkup off this year until I could lose weight because I did not want to feel the wrath. I didn't want to hear about really? it. Like, well, cause I already knew. Like, it's like going in to, you know, when you fail the test to get counsel after the test, like, yeah, I know I failed it because I didn't, I, I messed up. Mm-hmm. Like, it's my fault. It wasn't the test was too hard. I just, I was not prepared. So it, it was a transition. Meet, and I was full on vegan for about two and a half weeks or so before I decided to put those batteries back into the, into the scale and see where I was at. And I had already felt a lot of changes. Really? Yeah. It was it was impressive, like immediate changes. You know, like my energy level went up an insane amount. Holy it, cow. it was so nuts. It was like, dude, you're like Just from you? cutting out meat and stopping drinking soda. Yeah. Wow. And dairy. Just like it by Oh and dairy. Yeah. Yeah. My um it happened the first time too. It was almost like this euphoric feeling, like my body was like, Yay, no more of that crap. Not that it's crap, just it doesn't it's not working for me right now. Um, I'm not anti, I'm just pro what I'm doing for myself right now. Sure. You got, I mean, you gotta, you gotta take care of yourself. Yeah. So I plugged these batteries back in the scale and I got on it and it said 302 pounds. And I was like, wow, that problem was way worse than I thought it was. And how was that compared to where you, well, where you used to be and where kind of where you were expecting to be? Well, I was expecting to be in like the 280, 290 range, um, in all honesty. Um, I, my normal weight, like in the last five years is, has been like around 250. Okay. Um, I would like to be around 230, 225. Um, that, that works for me. I don't know if I could have taken a shock of being over 310, but, um, you know, I'm sure I was. I'm not doing this for vanity. You know, I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, I need to th- slim down so I look better in my jeans. No, f- forget that. Like, I just, I don't want to die an early death. Yeah. You know, and this is this is what I need to do to do it. And to, so, to, I would imagine to continue to do the things that you love yeah. to do. Yep. And it comes down to like, you know, there there's this thing like in cycling where people are like weight weenies. And that's, it's about their equipment. Like mm-hmm. you have to have the ultralight stuff or like the lightest group. And, you know, I, I wouldn't ride something like that. I wouldn't feel safe on it. Mm-hmm. I need some, I need some beef in there. Um, just not in your food. Yeah. Just not my food. Just not my food. <laughs> but one of the, one of the things that by an older roommate of mine and I used to joke back, so I was like, back when I started like being able to build better bikes, I was like, oh, I'm going to get this and this. And be like, man, you know, it'd be, <laughs> what would make your bike lighter if you just lost 10 pounds, dude. I'm like. That's a good point. I think a lot of people forget about that. Yeah. You know, I've, I've lost, 
I just broke into the 270s. Wow. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. That's and, awesome. Yeah. And it's over the course of just, you know, a month and a half, two months. Wow. Um, and so I've lost the equivalent of like a bike and a half in weight. <laughs> Do you think it's something within a lot of cyclists mind or even just any active person who believes that like, oh, I, I just went out and ran five miles or I went out and I did 25 miles on my bike. Like I can go eat that cheeseburger and milkshake. That's oh, yeah. cool. Oh yeah. That's a real thing. Yeah. That's a real thing. Like this like validation where like I've earned this, like, you know, you don't actually burn that many calories by cycling for five miles, but you not, know, especially not compared to running. Oh no. I'm confident that I'm not heading that way. I've, I'm not out of the woods yet. I still have some like health problems that need cleared up. But seriously, after switching over to plant-based diet, it like I felt better. Hmm. And my whole like I think I might have cancer. It might be a tumor. Um not to make light of cancer, by the way. Um but I it all those pains went away. Wow. That's and, great. Yeah, it, I That's mean great. I I I feel recharged. I feel, you know, last Last year was a really hard year for me personally and business-wise. You know, there are a lot of bad things that happen, and that's kind of where I was just like, screw it. I'm just going to eat like a – what? who cares? You know, it was that attitude, like, mm-hmm. whatever, who cares? But um, so a lot of things kind of got messed up along the way, but now it's like I have a focus. My health's better. You know, I have a grandchild on the way. Oh, congratulations. Have, thank you. Thank Yeah, Um, I mean – I actually just bought her first bike. She's not even born yet. <laughs> Go figure. That's awesome. <clears throat> Justine, if you're hearing this, just disregard that. You don't know it yet. Um, so I guess yeah. what what keeps that needle pointed north then for you? I mean, what when those temptations do come back, what what is it that says, I, I do not want to be that Sam again? Um, first off, I'm really good at denying myself things. So like being vegan is, is not that hard for me. Also, I'm fairly good at cooking. And so I, I really enjoy cooking plant-based. Okay. Um, so I think the, the thing that really keeps my arrow pointing north and heading the right direction is, like, I have a responsibility to be around for a long time for a lot of people. And I, I want to be around for them. And also, you know, I'm, I'm trying to document my journey through the blog. Um, I've been too busy the last couple of weeks to really write in it, and I feel feel like I've, you know, let a few people down, but I'll get, maybe later on today, I'll translate some of the stuff over into, I'll write some things, but, um, ultimately I would love it if, you know, I could inspire even one or two people to look at what they're doing with themselves and choose like a road to a better lifestyle or better health. That's awesome. That's yeah. cool. There was, uh, one last quote that, that really stood out to me on, on your blog and it's kind of long, but let me let me read it here. I'm just curious to get your thoughts on it and kind of your motivations behind it. And, and it says, it's easy for me to get pissed at myself or my bike when doing poorly on a gravel race. Sometimes you just have to quit chewing on your handlebars, look up, and really take in what's going in around you. I will never be a, quote, gravel champion, but I can still be a champion of gravel and admirer of the scenery. I think the view from the bike is one of the biggest reasons I ride where I ride. It keeps me level, adds per- perspective to my life, and how huge it really is, which I think is a, a fantastic outlook on, on, on riding and, and seeing the beauty from a bike, but also like in, in life, seeing just kind of what else is out there and how, I don't yeah. want to say how small you are, it sounds so cliche, but like, you know, kind of perspective on life. And yeah. I, it, I mean, 
you know, when you get in events like that, you're like, I got to make it to the end. Sometimes you forget that the fun of it is really seeing what's going on. You know, the people you encounter, like mm-hmm. that's kind of the, my, my point. And then when I get to do these things, you know, like I'm not, I'm never going to win a gravel race. And if I do, it means that everybody died. <laughs> like, and I don't want that happening. That is not a way to win I a gravel not race. Win a race. Yeah, <laughs> I should not win a race if it requires everyone else to, you know, get like it imprisoned in Mexico or something. Like, why are we racing in Mexico again? I could have sworn we were in Iowa. That's I thought weird. you weren't doing the tour divide. <laughs> yeah. Weird. It turns out that, you know, we're in Antelope Wells now folks. And, um, anyway, uh, man, I just, that was really kind of interesting having you read that quote back to me. Cause I haven't really reread that since I wrote it. Um, I just, I love that idea of, of like, you just, you got to enjoy what's around you, but you just got to keep moving forward. Like no matter what happens, it's just, you know, enjoy where you are, enjoy the space you're in, but just, you know, one foot in front of the other, just keep going. Oh yeah. And you know, another big point of that, the end of it is that, you know, you don't have to be a champion. You know, you don't have to be the best at something. If you like something, just do it. Yeah. I've never be a champion. I mean, even in life, like I'm never, going to be a iron chef. I'm never going to be that guy, you know? Um, maybe at one point in my life, I, I was hit in a direction I could have, but you know, I'm, I'm a lot more business now than iron chef material. Mm. Um, and even then I kind of suck at that too. Um, <clears throat> but I try. And, uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm never going to be the champion of anything I do in life. I'm never going to be the best guitar player. You're never going to be, but you know what? I love doing it. So I chose to start playing live again, you know, and I, I, it, people should see that and say like, well, you know, I like doing this, but what's the point? Mm-hmm. Like, what's the point is you enjoy it, do it. You know, don't use that as like a, well, I love robbing people <laughs> like that. No, we're talking about legal stuff here. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, well, I don't know. I was listening to that bike podcast. You know, I really <laughs> love crime. Mm. So, you know, I'm just going to do, no, don't do crime. Crime is bad people. Crime is bad. <laughs> Nobody here advocates for you saying like, I love doing crime, so I should do it because this podcast said it. But So the last question uh, that we always ask everybody on the show, I'm interested to hear what you have to say. What is your favorite kind of pie? Oh man, such a loaded question. My favorite kind of pie. I almost feel bad asking this now. <laughs> right. Well, no, I'm, I'm actually trying to, I'm trying to cycle. I'm actually trying to cycle all the really terrible jokes out. Before I open my mouth to answer the question. Oh no! Okay, there give we go. Give them all. Give them all. Oh, no, 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 no. That's not impro- it's not appropriate. Um, wait, I, I now everybody knows what I was gonna say. No, my favorite pie actually is the the Stoker. She has um, an oil based pie crust recipe, and we collaborated on this pie a couple times. Um, I've got this great like crumb top. It's real basic, um, straight ratio crumb top thing. But like her pie crust and apple pie filling in my um, crumb top on the pie is probably my favorite pie right now. And here's the thing. I don't like sweets. Really? I don't know if you've noticed through our entire conversation, I've never mentioned sweets at all because I don't eat candy. I don't do that kind of stuff. Yeah. And now you don't even like pop. Yeah. Yeah. I've ruined it. And you know, for a long time, one of my endurance things was, uh, gummies like, uh, super yeah. sour gummies. But yeah, I can't, I can't do the gel pack thing and I have to eat Whole foods. actual food. Yeah. It's not a bad problem, right? It blows your mind. You know, oh, I guess we could talk about the 
Tuesday night thing. Yeah. Yeah. What happens on Tuesday nights? What happens on Tuesday nights? Well, I like to say Taco Tuesday, but I think uh, some taco chain owns that, so don't sue me. Don't threaten me about that again. But yeah, every so every Tuesday night at the coming tap from 5 until 9 or we sell out, um, we do Taco Apocalypse, um, and it, that's where it was born. The restaurant was born from like a one-night like hey let's just make some tacos this one night and we did it and now it's what it is what it is you know it's on food network yeah um so yeah come like ride your bikes out to coming on tuesdays we can have the same conversations that you listen to right now except i can answer your questions personally yes and get some tacos and have a drink or have water whatever you want you know come see bob and meg and me and Great Gino bar. and yeah, it's it's fantastic. But yeah, Tuesday nights, Taco Apocalypse Tuesdays at the coming tap. And how else can people find you online? You know, cyclistnotbiker.com? Yep, cyclistnotbiker.com is my bike blog. Um, foul-words.com is the fried chicken blog if you're interested in reading about fried chicken. Um, I also have a vegan blog. It's called the thevulgarvegan.com. And there's a lot of swearing in it. So... Be prepared for that. Part of advisor label here. Yeah. And then, of course, you know, crunkwitch.com, our ramen place, and tacopocalypse.com. Um, also, my handle on pretty much all social media is Taco Pastorius. Um, so you can find me on Twitter, Taco Pastorius1, Instagram, Taco Pastorius. You can find me everywhere. I'm all over the place all the time. I don't even know how I have time to do it. <laughs> well, Sam, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, I really thanks, appreciate Brian. you taking the time. Um, it's been really nice having you. Yeah. Thanks, Brian. Well, hello, and welcome to the mood lighting edition of Parrot Talk. If you ever wondered if a parrot could squawk in the dark, the answer is yes, because the light burned out in our podcasting room, and no problem. Still got gotcha. you. So I don't usually like to talk about Ragbri on this podcast because I talk about Ragbri a lot in my work life and personal life. Um, but I think I'm going to today. We've had a lot of people asking us recently about the special theme days that we have on RAGBRAI that happen every year. And some that are new this year. So I'm just going to kind of go through them. And if you're going to participate on RAGBRAI, great. If you're not going to participate on RAGBRAI, you might consider initiating a theme day on some of the longer rides that you do go on because they're really fun. So the first couple that I'm going to talk about aren't actually theme days. They're just special events that happen before the ride, but you should know about them if you're coming on RAGBRAI. The main event on Saturday, July 22nd in Orange City that we'll have before the ride is the RAGBRAI Expo, where we'll have the big blue RAGBRAI merchandise trailers where you can come and find me if you want to say hello. Um, But then there'll also be all of our 10 official bike shops, and there'll be a lot of cool vendors from across the state across the country, really. So once you're done with that, we'll have our Ride Right Safety Meeting for first-time riders. And that meeting is a really cool way to kind of understand how the rules of the road for RAGBRAI specifically and how to ride safely within a pack of 10,000 riders. The other big event on the 22nd in Orange City is the Support Driver Safety Meeting, which sounds kind of boring, but let me assure you that if your support driver should go to this meeting. So then we get to Sunday, July 23rd, and our actual first day of riding. And on that day, we'll have our gravel loop, 
which goes through Sutherland, Iowa, and it's about 19 miles. So for those of you hotshots who think that the regular route isn't enough, you can do this extra 19-mile loop. And there will be rental bikes available, so if you don't want to mess up your road bike, you can swap it out for a more appropriate bike. So then, also on the 23rd, we'll have our Mile of Silence, which is our second annual Mile of Silence, commemorating people who have been injured or killed while biking. I've also heard that some people wear white on a Mile of Silence ride. So the next day, we, Monday, July 24th, when we are heading to Algona, we'll have the Karis Loop Day, which is named after our one of our co-founders, John Karis. So you'll be able to do a little bit of extra riding, um, actually a 30-mile loop through West Bend, and actually the man himself will be there handing out loop patches if you happen to make it all the way through the loop. Um, so that's really cool. And um, I believe his favorite color is pink, so if you want to wear pink on that day, cool, or pink-themed items, cool. But again, it's kind of up to you. So then we get to July 25th, where we ride from Algona to Clear Lake, and that day is People for Bikes Day. And People for Bikes Day is one of the friends of RAGBRAI, but they're also a movement across the U.S. to support biking and bike culture across the country. So then we move on to Wednesday, July 26th, where we're going from Clear Lake to Charles City. And that day is going to be Law Enforcement Appreciation Day, which is one of my days I'm looking forward to the most along the ride. And we're going to have some kind of ceremony honoring the law enforcement riders that ride RAGBRAI because there are quite a few of them and... They're really great people helping people, other riders along the way, and just being great ambassadors on the ride. And then we get to Thursday, which is also one of my favorite theme days because it's RAGBRAI Jersey Day. So wear your colors, um, ideally your 2017 jersey or a really cool retro RAGBRAI jersey that you have from a while ago because I love to see those old ones come out and see all the different jerseys that we've had through the years. So Friday from Cresco to Walk-On, we'll have RAGBRAI College Jersey Day. So show your colors, uh, go Butler, and wear any kind of college spirit apparel that you would like to wear. So then the final day from Walk-On to Lansing, we don't have a theme day, but really the theme is Tire Dip in the Mississippi. So that's going to be a fun day. It's always so exciting, and I love to see people when they roll up to the Mississippi and dip that tire because it's really the finalization of a big journey. So that's it for all the theme days of RAGBRAI 2017. Um, if you have any questions about those, or if you have any questions that you'd like me to answer for Parrot Talk, you can send us a message at Just Go Bike on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, or you can send us an email at justgobikepodcast at gmail.com. Looking forward to talking to you, and have a great day. So we've come to the conclusion of another edition of the Just Go Bike podcast. This show is made possible by a couple of sponsors. First of all, Think Iowa City, which has put on some great bicycling events over the years. Great place to ride bikes. Think Iowa City. Also by Bikes to You, Bike Shop, and Rag Ride Charter out of Grinnell, Iowa. And last but not least, Primal Wear, the official jersey manufacturer of Rag Bri, as well as other great rides throughout the country. Good people over there, great quality, and just, just real good friends. So check them out, Primal Wear. You can find our show notes at justgobike.net. What do you want to talk about on this show? Find us on Twitter, Facebook, 
and Instagram at Jesco Bike. Be sure to subscribe to the Jesco Bike podcast. Give us some uh, feedback and and uh, give us a ranking on iTunes or Stitcher or, or Google Play. But join us next week for more. Just to close this out, let me leave you with the quote: "Life is like riding a bicycle. To keep your balance, you have to keep moving." Thanks again for listening. Let us know what you think of the show by leaving a rating and a review. They really help us out a lot and help others find the show. For more information, check out justgobike.net. The show's theme song was written, produced, and performed by Ryan Steer. Brian Powers is the show's producer, and the Just Go Bike podcast is brought to you by the Des Moines Register, a part of the USA Today Network.